Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. This week we're going to spend a little time talking about what we've been watching. We're going to discuss some film news from the past week, and then we're going to do a full film review. Uh, after that we might get into some food for thought provided by Willie. Chew on that. But this week's uh, full review is Henry Juiced and Ariel Shulman's Paranormal Activity 4. Did you just name the filmmakers? Yeah, because they're known from Catfish. Oh, that's good. They're making a Catfish TV series on MTV, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. What is the we'll, point? We'll get into Catfish more later. Okay. But, um, so, let's start with what we've been watching, and we'll, we'll go as usual with Willie. What's, what's been, what you've been watching? Um, I have actually been watching... Well, I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm obsessed for some reason, and I always come back to it. It's one of those things in my life that I, for some reason, I keep going back to is, is the epic failure that is Alien 3. David Fincher's Alien 3. I still haven't watched it yet. Yeah, like three or four months ago, I was on a big Aliens kick, because the three of us had watched... Yeah, Prometheus was coming out, and the three of us had watched the back-to-back Alien Aliens. Did we double feature them? We did. Yeah, we we did. did. On Blu-ray, and they look fantastic. Um, Yeah, they do. But I I just... If there's one sequel I hate, it's Alien 3. And I I just... I I, I watched the the Making of documentary, Mm -hmm. and... I, I get why I hate it now. I mean, I get why it why it was a failure, you know? I mean, they went in to shooting that movie without a script. Like, no script. Like, they built sets for a script yeah. that it was greenlit on. Like, the movie was greenlit with Vincent Ward is the was the writer at the time, script, and they built sets for that script, and then they used a different script. <laughs> so they had sets built so for one script. Well. Yeah, it's a mess. But I, I was watching that, and it's still... I just... I always come back to it because it's so fascinating to me how you can just a steep drop in quality from... I'm not saying that the entire movie sucks. There are elements of it that are cool, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched that. And uh, other than that, I've just been watching the the Kenneth Branagh cam- commentary on Thor, which I've never okay. said all the way through. Yeah. But I really like Thor, and uh, yeah. it's probably my favorite... My favorite solo Marvel Studios movie. I mean, I love yeah. Avengers, but it's it's probably the best of the the movies leading up to Avengers, in my opinion. Um, and uh, Kenneth Branagh, Branagh does like an incredible commentary on that movie. Like the way he the way he vocalizes his thoughts on how they film certain things and stuff. It's almost like he's telling you a story. It's kind of yeah. cool. Like he's a very articulate. He man, is a very so. articulate man, and, and I, it English. almost makes me want to watch his other movies' commentaries, which yeah. is the silliest thing. <laughs> but it's so it's such a good commentary. Did he do like a thirty-hour commentary for Henry V or whatever? I, I would know. watch it <laughs> because no, like like I've honestly like what I do is I'll put it on right before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and I'll make it through like twenty minutes and I'll crash because he's got a fantastic voice. <laughs> And I'll wake, you know, I'll like, I'll wake back up and do my day and then I'll watch another 20 minutes the next night. And it's like, I look forward to it. I'm like, yeah, I get to put Branagh's voice on for a little while, you know? So I actually want to rent some of his other movies or, or buy them or whatever and, and watch those. Cause he's, he's really, really articulate and he, he does a very good job of not only telling you how they came to the decisions they made from a filmmaking standpoint, but making you feel like you're, you're part of the commentary. Like yeah. he's, he's funny because in the beginning he even goes, my friends call me Ken. If you want to speak to me during this commentary for any reason, you can call me that as well. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really cool. He's a cool dude. That's cool. It's kind of fun. All right, Nick, what you been watching? Um, I've been kind of going through a lot of the Blu-rays I bought recently, or in, not recently, but over the last like six to 12 months, things I haven't watched yet just to kind of see the quality of the discs. Mm-hmm. Um. I did watch the first two Indiana Jones movies on Blu-ray. 
I'm planning on writing actually a thing for the website, which is MidwestFilmNerds.com. Okay, <laughs> and uh, plug it about about the three Indiana Jones movies and how they translate to Blu-ray and what as a 26-year-old man-child I think of them versus like an 11-year-old boy who fell in love with them. Okay. Um, those look great on Blu-ray, though. I've also... Uh, what else was the other thing I watched? Oh, I'm looking forward to watching the new, new edition of Blade Runner on Blu-ray, which I will probably buy. <laughs> Me too. Uh, the thing I've really been watching, though, and getting kind of sucked into, besides CW's Arrow, uh, <laughs> is the web series leading up to Halo 4 called uh, Forward Unto Dawn. And... Um, I don't know why I started... Oh, a guy at work recommended I start watching it. And I was like, you know, I used to love the Halo games. Um, I'll give it a watch. And it's actually really cool because the first... Uh, there's only there's going to be six episodes and three yeah. have been released so far. And the first two is strictly just character pieces. And it's mm-hmm. about this group of kids uh, who are training to be soldiers. And they're like young still. They're all probably like 16-ish. And they're going to be soldiers one day. And the third episode is where stuff really got interesting because they actually... Suff- like a full-on attack of their planet happened and the real war escalated. But it's cool because <clears throat> it's made for, I think, a, a relatively low budget considering I think a cu- yeah. they threw a couple million bucks at it but nothing too extraordinary. But it's actually pretty neat to see when you take a a huge franchise like that and don't necessarily show the the main face of it. I mean, the Master Chief's going to be in the next episode and yeah. it looks like he's probably going to take the spotlight from here on out. Okay. But um, it's pretty cool to see what the, what they can do with uh, with a lore like that and explore it outside yeah. of the main character. I've always been into ideas like that. That's kind of cool. I mean, it, you can tell it's relatively lower budget. It doesn't look super good, but the the effects are actually really good. Well, the other rumor is that uh, I don't. Well, it's not a rumor. I think it will somehow tie into. They have uh, in in the game. There's a setup for like seasons of multiplayer. Yeah, and every season of multiplayer will somehow correspond with the season of the show that they're doing. Because I don't think this is just leading up to. Uh, oh really? Well, it, I don't know if it'll be a different series or something, but there's going to be a Machinima series beside the game, so that the the series and the multiplayer seasons will play back and forth between each other. That's it'll a cool be, idea. Like, things happening in the same universe. That's very cool. Yeah, so it's interesting. It it makes me interested in playing Halo, which is. You know, the only thing that got me interested beforehand was Nathan Fillion and <laughs> Halo 3 and ODST. That's so. very cool. But <laughs> Makes me wish they had done something like that for Mortal Kombat with the web series yeah. and the and the game. They could have figured cool. out a way maybe to... I don't know. I mean, It's cool because hopefully if it, if it proves to be successful and people like it, they can... Um, try and apply it to other things. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it proves to be, to be uh, you know, effective, which so far I think it is. I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's cool. It makes me... It also gives me hope for... Maybe them actually making a full-on Halo movie one day because if they threw a hundred million dollars at it, what yeah. they could do is ridiculous. Considering sure. how cool this is already. Yeah. I mean, the first two episodes get a little a little tedious at times, but it's um the third one was really cool to see like the invasion. It's pretty sweet. It's sweet. Anyway, so that's that. All right. Um. So in this week's, my girlfriend made me see it. Um, <laughs> I saw the perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. Indie movie. Lie. movie. I'm not gonna lie. Any movie the it movie? It might be one of my favorite movies this year. What? I thought it was really good. That's good. And I think Logan Lerman is going to be a fantastic actor. Isn't he uh, Percy Jackson? He's Percy Jackson, and That's he's right. done a few other smaller things. Was he a Disney guy? Was did he start off with like Disney or any of those that kind you know, of things? I don't know. Let me. I feel like he did, but I don't. I don't know. Um, but so was it was it was it more Juno or is it more? 
I think he was in something I mean, with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Wow. We're All getting right. right to the facts here. <clears throat> getting back down to the Pierce. Oh, oh wait, it was, Pierce. it was, uh, it was, it was Percy Jackson. It was Percy Jackson. He plays yeah. a centaur, which yeah. is the funniest thing I've ever seen he in a movie. He was in 310 to Yuma as well, okay. and the number 23. So he's done some he was serious stuff. I mean, he's going to be in Noah. He was in Meet Bill, that's what I know him from, the movie with Aaron Eckhart. Okay. Which okay. actually was not too bad. He was also in Hoot, It's About an Owl. Okay, so it's not like he's he's just a kitty. No, he's certainly he progressing from where he was. Was he the little boy in the I Patriot? I believe he was. That's amazing. That's but, fantastic. Um, he would no, have been eight years his, old. He turned in a very solid performance in the Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I mean, you were you were about to ask, was it Juno or was it, or was it? Uh, I don't. I I can't think of a better example. That, I mean, I mean, was it was it overly Juno? Was it overly quirky for the sake of being quirky? Like, was hey, it look more at all Garden the cool state. Or well, that I is think too. it was uh, much closer to Garden State okay. than it was. To that's Juno, good. That's good to made me. Made me very excited, and I I got through that movie, and I was very surprised at how much I liked. I that's think good. I might have liked it more than Britney did. But. Is it this generation's Breakfast Club, like they're saying in all the previews? They're saying that. Yeah. Who's they? Maybe. I don't know. Reviewers. I think The Breakfast Club is this generation's Breakfast Club. Thank you. Because it's pretty timeless, but... Let me just get a high five. Yeah. I hope they hear this. Yeah. But, I mean, it. it's still a fantastic movie. I think it's worth watching. I think it would be interesting if Logan Lerman got some sort of nod at some... Uh, honestly, I think his performance is that good in this movie, that he could, he could get some sort of award season nod. Wow. But... Uh, the trailer was good. I mean, I actually liked it. Yeah, I mean, it, It like Willie said, any movie, that movie, it, it does kind of look like it's trying to be really, you know... Well, they know what audience it didn't, they're I mean, it didn't, exactly. it didn't look. It didn't look bad. I'm not trying to, like, knock it because I haven't seen it, but, like, it just... No, I don't that know. one was an indie movie, the indie movie. It was There was another trailer we saw the same night right alongside the one it. The Melanie Linsky. Far more obnoxious. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but... but no, I'm not trying to knock it because I haven't seen it, and actually, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's pretty good, and now that I hear that you like it, I'm... I will certainly watch it when it comes out on yeah, video. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say run out to uh, go see it. Tom in Savini's in it. That's cool. Um, Who's Tom Savini play? Mr. Callahan. Does that ring a bell at Playing all? Playing to IMDb. He's probably like a janitor or something. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Paul Rudd's He's in it. He's a makeup it. artist. Paul <laughs> Rudd is in it. That's cool. Dylan I, McDermott's in it. I, th- I see that. That excites me because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to knock like. The thing about the indie movie with like indie movies like Juno and stuff like that is they're not really indie movies, not really like I don't know. I just yeah. don't like the quirkiness for the sake of being yeah quirky. Like if it feels natural, if the, if it works for the character, that's fine. But like if like nobody in that film was like a normal human being by any stretch of the imagination, I, I felt think, like I think many of the characters in it are not normal, quote unquote. But there's a reason for it. What, Juno? Not, the thing about Juno, I hate Juno, because <laughs> every single character is written like a 30-year-old ex-stripper. <laughs> well, they're all... That's I mean, why I don't like It Juno. was written by a 30-year-old ex-stripper. I heard Troy suffered from the same thing. Troy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's the thing, is that even these teenagers, the, the teenagers sound a little bit too mature, and the adults sound a little bit not mature enough. It's like they're too seasoned for their age or something. Yes. Yeah, and I get so that. And so it just doesn't feel very real to me. That's why I don't like Juno. But Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think they all, all the people that are in the movie definitely sound, the dad made me laugh, Dylan McDermott plays his dad and made okay. me laugh a lot. That's good. Because, I, I mean, I, th- I feel like, I feel like, um, what's the, Easy A, 
had that kind of vibe a I, little I, bit. I, I never saw Easy. That, I mean, it was a little bit more polished than like Juno was. Yeah. A little, it wasn't meant to be that indie type movie. Yeah. But it felt more naturally like a quirky comedy to me yeah. than Juno ever felt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It didn't feel forced. Yeah. So I don't know. We can't. This is not Juno we're talking about. Yeah. But it's it's an example. Anyway, go see Perks of Being a Wallflower. Or you know, wait for it to come out. It it, it was it surprised me. So. That's cool. I'm it's really glad to main. hear that. I really it's am. At the main right how's, now. How's Emma Watson, real quick? Emma Just... Watson. There there were a few minutes earlier on in the movie that I felt like uh, she wasn't pulling off an American accent. Okay. Like, I felt like it was slipping, but I don't know if I was hearing that just because I, I wanted to or was expecting to, or if I was just paying too much attention to it. Okay. Because I'm, I'm curious with the Harry Potter kids, like, yeah. how they're going to transition out of that. I think you know. she's going to be fine. That's cool. That's really good. I don't think about Hermione when, when you see it, because her hair is really short. She plays a very different character. That's awesome. So. Good. All right. Uh, we should move on to news. Um, so first up... There's a trailer for the Evil Dead remake, supposedly coming online tomorrow. Yep, yep. There's some um, footage they screened at Comic Con, which is online. Yeah. In a um, in a bootleg form. Okay. Which I watched because, yeah. I, like, I think out of the three why of us, I'm that, I'm the one that least cares about this stuff. Like, I'm like, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, why wasn't that person at the Ant Man uh, footage? By the way. Right. No doubt. <laughs> no. The, um, footage. the footage I saw, um, even though it was grainy. I mean, it wasn't the worst quality yeah. ever in the world, but, uh. I'm excited, and yeah. I had literally like zero interest in this movie when it was announced. Mm-hmm. Not because I, 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 like it's not even like a hatred thing because I'm not that like passionate about Evil Dead, like other horror movies. Yeah, I just didn't care, you know. And and seeing the footage, big thumbs up for me so far. Yeah, it sounds a lot like a legitimate horror movie, which is something that you see few and far between today. <laughs> Paranormal activity, but <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. Any any thoughts on? Uh... Evil Dead, Nick. Um, nah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more excited for it now, hearing what Willie said, and then the the little video with Bruce Campbell yeah. where he totally made me feel like the Slash Film article's description was perfect. It said, "Let Bruce Campbell sell you on the Evil Dead remake." Yeah. And when I watched the video, I was like, "I'm sold." But he seemed genuine. He didn't yeah. seem like somebody who was told you have to sell this product. I'm just, skeptical yeah. ever since I remember Hugh Jackman breaking my heart back in 08 when he was like, oh, it's going to be so good, guys. Go away. It's going to be so good. And I think that's just the eternal optimism of Hugh Jackman, though. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think that is anything we need to like put against I him. I want that to be his memoir title. <laughs> the eternal optimism. The eternal optimism. <laughs> Hugh Jackman story. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce has never really been one to, to try to pull the wool over no, anyone's eyes. He, He's pretty I, straightforward, I, no. so... Um, and he's another hometown hero, so you gotta love him true, for that. That's true. This, I mean, is, I mean, if this is his podcast. He should be here. <laughs> like Basically. Bruce, Bruce, if you're hearing this, I'm sure somehow, if we invited him, he might swing by. Yeah, I would totally um, ask Bruce <laughs> to be on this. Uh, what I'll be curious is if it's very successful. If they make an Evil Dead Two remake, if they'll follow the course of the original, where Two just suddenly gets flipped on its head and it's really goofy, or if they'll keep with the the straight horror. I mean, I'm excited to see a movie that's really full-on scary. Like, I haven't... I don't remember the last time I was at a movie theater and, like, legit freaked out. Well, how would you Besides this, Argo. How would you compare this to, like, Drag Me to Hell? Like, what was... Well, Drag that, Me to Hell was very much tongue-in-cheek. Oh, it was pretty, very that Sam Raimi. classic Raimi. Raimi. Okay. And yeah. the thing about the original Evil Dead is a lot of people forget that when people think Evil Dead, they usually think Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead, which was very, very tongue-in-cheek, very over-the-top... 
insanely overly gory for the sake of being ridiculous. It's really where Raimi found his found his, his voice. niche, yeah. and you see that even in the Spider-Man films. Um, that little bit of that Raimi oh, yeah. Raimi yeah. touch. Evil Dead One was legitimately meant to be a scary kids in the woods movie. It has some moments too, and it does sure. have some really genuinely creepy moments. Um, Seller, that being said, Oof. now it seems sillier because of the subsequent sequels and because it hasn't aged greatly. Evil Dead uh, 2 is such an awesome movie, though. It's fantastic. And it is not a remake of the first movie. It is a sequel. I should say... Anybody who says it's a remake, bring it. I will go toe-to-toe <laughs> with you on this argument any day. I should say I have not seen a single Evil Dead movie. So and, and you should. You really, really, they're I a lot of fun to watch. To. I want to. It, it, not, tis the season, so yeah. if you're going to do it, <laughs> do it now. Yeah, it's uh, but I think it's gonna be cool. I really hope it is. With with Raimi and Bruce both need something to get to get back into the spotlight. Tis the season is Willie's character poster. Okay, I was just thinking that. I was gonna ask, but I didn't want to, you know, break break our subject here. Uh, anyway, sorry. I think we'll have multiple posters. Yeah, we're both. We're Variants, all three of us are pretty, variant posters. pretty quotable. Yes. Yeah. All right. Illustrated um, by somebody else. <laughs> so, uh, next next up, Arrow got a full season pickup. We're just this for you, Tim buddy. Know. Yeah, yep. this is for Tim, uh, our dearly departed friend. Nick, he didn't die, but Nick, feels like it. Nick had me watch uh, the Arrow premiere because I was interested and I wanted to watch it. We actually watched the first and the second episode, but I there's nothing I can say that wasn't already said last time. So <laughs> pretty I mean, much, I, we can leave it at that. Um, on the subject of Paranormal Activity, uh, Saturday night. After Paranormal Activity had premiered in theaters wide, we got the news that 2013 will have two Paranormal Activity movies. Paranormal Activity 5 and the Latino Paranormal Activity. Do we have a title for that yet or no? No. Okay. So, I mean, Paranormal Activity 4, I think, had a budget of about $5 million. Sounds about right. That is... Five million dollars more than I would have thought. It, it maybe may have made all of its money back in midnight showings. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's. It makes sense why they're making so many of these movies. I get it. Like yeah. from a, from a Pure from profit. a business standpoint, I mean, these movies. There's no real legitimate no. major stars in these movies because no. you don't have to have them. No. And the budgets. I mean, yeah, they get a little bit more. Effects, effects driven as the movie's gone because you have yeah. to up the ante yep. for what's going on. That's fine, but this, this time they had enough money to buy a connect. Right, we'll get there though. I right. think I'll be real curious to see how well the fifth one does though, because the the backlash for this one is pretty yeah, strong. This, this has certainly got the worst reviews, and it does not. It didn't make nearly as much money. I don't think as any of the. The previous thing three. is, I feel like the same thing happened for Saw, and I I think that they're following the Saw pattern. I, I know that's. I mean, they're not similar movies in the sense of like the 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 vibe of them, but. Probably they're, the same audience, though. They're following the yearly thing. Like, yeah. every October, well, paranormal you're going to get a new one. The first know? Paranormal Activity really found... Like, a lot of people who actually believe in Paranormal Activity, like, liked that movie. Yeah. Because a lot of people... Uh, I remember there was a video was of... an accurate description of depiction of their life. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I have hooves and flour laid on my floor <laughs> all, every day. Uh there was a there was a video where they were waiting outside the theaters like from the midnight showings yep. and they were talking to people who actually believe in it and they said this is like really goes along with a lot of reports of documented paranormal activity yeah. and uh i think that they they actually found a lot of fans in that and then the more and more they just kind of turn it into cheap 
gimmicks yep. to reuse. I think they've lost a lot of their fan base that were people who love the movies. But I remember I went on, I, you know, forced myself to go on IMDb and read some of the message boards for this one ever seeing it. And there are still some people that are like, I love these movies. Who's your favorite character? And all this stuff. There's characters Yeesh. in these movies? Okay. Just um, meat puppets waiting to be thrown against the wall. Right. And have their necks snapped by Falcon Steven punched. Seagal. Right. Anyway, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up because... It's silly, and it, it's t- the fact that there's two in a year seems ridiculous. Uh, they honestly had this press li- press release ready to go as soon as the movie came out. Because it seems that's how ridiculous. quickly they know that it will be a winning proposition. I think it's incredibly offensive. Uh, like, I might be being overblown here, but it's offensive to me that they thought that Paranormal Activity 4 was such a good film that they had the press release waiting for five and spin-off. I, that's that's like, the thing. Is that they didn't think it was so good. This is literally an. E- I can write this equation on a piece of paper for you. Five million dollars in equals crappy movie plus a ton of box office. Like that's that. That is the only thing in their heads. They don't care how good the movie is. They don't care how well it. If if Paranormal Activity five and Paranormal Activity uh, Spanish catorce, I don't know whatever is, is just completely bite it. Like if if they make if they make like a dollar less than their budget, these movies will stop being made. Well, yeah, that's what happened with the Saw movies. That's exactly. um, that's what I'm saying is is every single movie they got the the budget got a tiny bit shrunk a tiny bit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I mean it went up, but then it shrunk a tiny bit, and the box office stopped. You know the the last one that people were like, who cares? Diminishing like, returns. When you have to go to a movie and have a guidebook. To what's going on from the previous movies? This is where Jigsaw is at like, this time. Okay, in the movie. so this was his third apprentice, and like he on, was law here. Order. There's going to be a timestamp and a date. <laughs> or, or really, I mean, they're already starting to do it with, with with. I don't want to get too far into four right now, but with four, they're already starting to do the thing where they have to recap what happened in the yeah. past. We're yeah. already there at that point, and I, the Saw movies. I swear to God, like by the time you get to like five or six, which I didn't watch, but I've heard this. Like, they have a recap at the beginning that's like, here's what happened last time I saw. And it's just like, it just, after a while, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't blame people for stopping going to these movies. Alright. I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Um, so Andy Serkis is going to do the performance capture of and direct uh, an adaptation of George Orwell's Animal Farm. This is one of the few books in high school that I actually enjoyed. Animal Farm, very good. Great Gatsby, awesome. And one flew the over the nest. I didn't care about the K. Get that K. However, good story. We read the K to, the K in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and uh, I swear to God, the whole time, all the things, and the only thing that we would talk about is the fact that Eric Zoss looks exactly like the kid that's on the cover of the book. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know Eric Zoss, I'm he's awesome. Pull it so right there now. you go. But anyway, Zoss um, is awesome. my thing about the K actually, which is totally off topic, I'm going to throw that it is. out there. Um, it's a movie about a boy that gets stranded on an island with an old uh, African-American man who takes care of him through through hell and high water Long story on short, the island. there's a hurricane, and then the black man... Gets uh, ripped to pieces yeah. by the hurricane <laughs> Whoa. While, while holding the, like, the young boy and sort of, like, saving him. But I built a diorama... Spoiler alert. Right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The what if book I was written it? in, like, when? Like, the 70s or 80s? Anyway, the, I, I built a diorama in, like, the fifth grade when we read that because yeah. we had to build a diorama yep. or do a thing and it was the old man <laughs> the old man's corpse like strewn about <laughs> and my teacher called my mom and she's like this sounds this right this is this is a little bit much for what we what we're going for and 
Yeah, he he looks like he looks like our boy Eric Zoss a little bit. I'm gonna put this in the show notes. I can see that. I really can't tell. It's, it's just because he's blonde enough. and tall. I can see that. <laughs> That's it. Anyway. Anyway. So back you guys to read To Kill a Mockingbird. No. That book um, is good. It, it is very good. It. it is very good. There, so is Of Mice and Men. Fantastic yeah. book. Of Mice and Men was good. It didn't strike me like those the three that I listed did. But what about anyway, Lord of the Flies. You didn't like Catcher in the Rye. I didn't really love. Uh, I didn't really love either though. I didn't want I didn't like Lord of the Flies that much. I didn't like Catching the Rye is pretty whiny. Catching the Rye was just like, oh my god, why don't you just kill yourself and get it over with? But I'm sorry, Willie. I know. Anyway, we are, book, we are so. super, is it really? super yeah. off track. Um William Golding's a boss. Andy Circus doing Animal Farm and performance capture. Anytime Andy uh, he's probably gonna be every single character in the movie. I don't I see hope them not. hiring anybody. It's cool. I mean, I, I hope we get some Doug not. Jones in there too. It'd be cool to see like the, the ultimate whole, meeting of the minds. A whole cluster Just get, of get a people. hodgepodge of awesome performance capture. Sure, people. absolutely. It's, like, it's the the Avengers of performance. Capture. No, that'd be awesome because honestly, like 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 these guys are underappreciated. I think yeah, I don't think absolutely. any of us would argue against that. These guys are very underappreciated, and there's some very talented motion capture slash prosthetics heavy actors that like. Um, I just said his name. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Yep who are underappreciated, and I think it'd be cool for them to get a moment where they can actually, like, shine in a movie, and yeah. maybe this is it. I don't know. I think, to date, the only movie Doug Jones got to shine in is Hellboy 2. Dude, Pan's Labyrinth, he is incredible in Pan's Labyrinth Yeah, but it's not, it's, not, it's not his voice. He gets well, the shaft in every but, movie. He gets dubbed over, or some in some way he gets part of his yeah, performance this, taken this away. just in, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is doing all the voices for this <laughs> for, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel bad, because Doug Jones always puts in the work. Like, for yeah. Pan's He's, Labyrinth, he learned, like... A dead dialect of Spanish, like yeah. learned it legit, and then he's, his voice gets dubbed over by like the world's most good, interesting though. man. I mean, he's he's really good in that movie, though. He really is. Yeah, oh yeah. He's especially he's as the phenomenal. eyeball guy with the eyeballs in the hands. Oh yeah, really creepy. Yeah, but Hellboy Two, I think, is the one yeah. pure Doug Jones performance. It is. You're right. It is. And he it's, does a pretty so good. good pseudo david hyde pierce impression yeah at least david hyde pierce is a class enough guy that he had his name stricken from the credits of yeah. the first one which yeah. is the only reason they brought him on anyway was to try to be like fraser's brothers in this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no because that uh, was gonna get them box get them ass animal the farm seats. animal farm could be really cool if it's yeah. done right i mean I, it just depends on how the movie looks to me at this you know what i mean like it's so early that yeah i'm hoping that it's not like it doesn't look like veggie tales or something because that what? would be horrible <laughs> Um, like that would for be. some reason, upon, <laughs> that that upon would be horrible. Upon first, uh, upon first thought, I think I vision, I, I envision the pig from from Toy Story, Ham. being being the pig on Animal Farm. Uh, I hope John Ratzenberger plays. The I pig don't mean John Ratzenberger, but I just mean that character. Well, model now that you've from... put that idea in my mind, I kind of want it to happen. I feel like they're gonna look really like realistic, like creepily realistic. That would be awesome. I don't like think John, a real pig. I don't think John Ratzenberger is Nazi enough in order to be a pig from Animal Farm, but no. Anyway, we shall see. Um, and finally, well, not finally yet. Finally, before any, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Necessary. Shailene, that bad. Shailene Woodley has been confirmed for the Amazing Spider-Man Two. She starred in uh, um, The Descendants recently with George Clooney. She was his his oldest daughter. But, She's uh, a star of like the worst acted TV show on the planet. What TV show is that? Confessions of an American Teenager, or whatever it's oh, called. True know. Life, What a Secret Life. Have of... you seen CW's That Arrow? <laughs> Have you seen Secret Life of the American Teenager? Dude, it is. Doesn't it just scream? All right, we gotta jump off the tangent train right now. Otherwise, this episode is never. All aboard! 
But anyway, she's going to be Mary Jane Watson. That's cool. So it's weird when I looked at pictures of her, I was like, mm. "We'll see her with red hair." Doesn't look a lot like what I think most people think of when they think of MJ. I think we're going to be transitioning into the some of the stuff from the comics that deals with Gwen Stacy and where the relationship goes there. I'm oh, not yeah. going to say anything. See, and I, I kind of was hoping. Let me just say that I'm hoping that Peter and Mary Jane aren't dating by the end of the second book. No, I don't think they will be. Definitely I think not. that the relation. I think I, if I had to guess. Woodley's going to be in it for, honest to God, 10 to 15 minutes of screen time. She'll pop up here and there as a friend. And then the third one, they'll really be able to set her up as a... Yeah. It'd be if, cool They shouldn't if, be spoilers at this point, but I'm going to pretend they fine. are. Yeah. It'd be cool if uh, between the second and the third one, there's a significant passage of time. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. Agreed. I, I'm kind of liking... Honestly, it could be, if they want to do like the pure comic book route, there could be a big gap between this one and the next one, and they could be in college, because that's where he meets Mary Jane originally. In the yes. Ow. Yeah, but that could I, be cool. I'm really hoping, all I'm hoping for in, in regards to Mary Jane is a straight-up homage to the original appearance with him opening the door and her being there. And you just hit saying, the jackpot. Yep, yeah. saying her legendary line. That'd be really cool. It would be cool. All right. Fan service. Not not a whole lot more to say about that. Nope. Okay, and then the real finally here <laughs> that I just stumbled over completely. Um, there is a trailer for Iron Man 3 out. I am sticking to my not watching any trailers, at least for comic book movies for sure, because they're the worst, the worst offenders. But Nick and Willie would like to, to talk about it for a bit. So I'm going to be leaving... I mean, we don't have to do it on the podcast. We can just do we it. Can, no, no. no. You, might as, you might as well. This is good. I, it doesn't matter for me. There might be people that want to hear it because we have all those fans. But um. <laughs> Yeah, well, like half of them are your family, so they're going to tune out now that you're leaving. <laughs> Alex Morell's family. It's okay. You can pause yeah, you can for two minutes. Ahead, yeah. <laughs> don't listen to his friends. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I'll be right back in like two, maybe three minutes. Do you want us to just holler? I will. Yeah, we'll just... Go, hey, Alex, come I'm back low, down. I'll just be like, I'm coming down. Okay. okay. I don't know. I don't and then we'll shout out the most spoilery thing we can think of. Yeah. Alex is being tough this this episode. Right. He's like, you you guys. You're a pig from Animal Farm. <laughs> um, okay. You're John Ratzenberger. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk uh, Iron right. Man 3 trailer. First of all, let's pick apart a little bit of the small stuff we saw. The tattoo on Mandarin's <laughs> back of his neck. You were saying about what that. What the hell? Does that mean? Well, I, I read it in the comments. Someone goes, for anybody who has not yet watched the trailer, we're, you should probably pause, watch the trailer, and then come back. We'll give you three seconds. Okay. So, I read in the comments, someone said, why does Mandarin have a tattoo of Captain America's shield with an A through it on the back of his neck? And I was like, what? Thinking it was just some troll on the comments. So, I went back and watched it, and sure enough, there's a shot when Mandarin pulls off his hood at the bridge of his neck before his hairline he has a captain america sh- shield tattoo with an a with an a through it yeah now here is here is my what theory the, i have literally no idea now i'm i'm pretty well versed in marvel comic lore and i have absolutely no idea what to make of this do you want my theory yes okay there's a moment where there's an older man and a younger boy walking up to a shadow blasted on the side of a building it's an ash shadow like at hiroshima and nagasaki Okay. Most people would probably assume that's from the Battle of New York at the end of Avengers. I think it's actually from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I think the young boy is Mandarin, and I think that at some point his family was killed during that war. When he was a young boy, he believed in heroes, therefore Captain America, and believed that there was good in the world through these heroes, such as Captain. Now, 
if you notice in the movie he mentions there in the trailer he mentions that he wants to prove there are no such thing as heroes i think the tattoo is kind of a perversion of the captain america shield because if you look at it the a is the anarchy a tattooed across the back of the shield mm. and i think that his whole goal is to be a perversion of what a hero is because he wants to prove to the world that the heroes weren't there for him when he needed them, so they're sure as hell not going to be there for you when you need them. That's my theory. And he'll be really upset with the fact that the government's got War Machine wearing a patriotic flag on his, sh- on his chest. I think that that's a big part of it. That's really interesting. Rewatch and tell me what you think at some point. Well, the other thing that weirds me out is the character is, I'm assuming, still being called the Mandarin. I would. I, I'm sh- assuming he's probably going to be referred to by name, because otherwise, what's really the the thing is though, if it's if it you think it is actually Hiroshima or something like that. That's just a th- a theory. If it's not, it's probably the Battle of New York afterwards. I mean, that's a that's a cool theory. I I really, but I don't know how. I mean, Amanda's such a strange character, steeped in magic, that he could easily be 100 years old sure and, and there's nothing to say that he isn't but even if the magic isn't there i'm, I'm curious they're gonna have to do something to his origin though because ben kingsley is very clearly not in any way asian no and i think that's gonna be more along the lines no, of him i think that's gonna be more along the lines of him being sympathetic to the okay, communist mentality to or to he's definitely he's definitely ben kingsley is definitely more indian looking and it looks like yes. they're going for that look with and his, i with and i think that's fine that. i think that he calls himself the mandarin because of the plight of Sure. The different peoples. You know what I'm saying? He's more of like a, a, a self-appointed figurehead. Yes, absolutely. Which makes me kind of, I don't know, the whole Anarchy A thing kind of is reminding me too much. He he seems a lot like they're kind of borrowing some influence from some of Nolan's villains, I think. Sure. And and he kind of does something with his voice that sounds similar Very to... Very much. But I think he sounds cool, though. I think a lot of people are complaining, but I think he's got a no, cool... No, I'm not complaining. I think it's cool, but I think it's definitely It's drawn from some of the voice from, changes done in Nolan's movies. With, especially Tom Hardy. Sure. And and that's fine and 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 I I but but I but I think that I think that the anarchy thing with this is going to be a little different from what we've seen in in Dark Knight specifically. Right, 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 right. Um, in the this sense is that on a much larger scale. Yes, and I believe that he is a lot more. He's not interested. He's not in about chaos, chaos he's per se. He just wants driven. yes. He just wants to rid the United States government off the face of the earth because. I mean, let's be honest. In America, we're the ones that value heroes. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're the yeah. creators of superheroes, of modern superheroes, for the most part. And we have that ideal, you know, that we can become something greater. And he wants to destroy that mentality. That's my th- theory on it. That's, that's my uh, theory on the... That's pretty good. So the other thing in like 30 seconds... Uh, Tonally, the movie looks like it's they're going for the jugular. And it, I hope it's not just marketing. I hope I hope we don't have any more... But I mean the the trailer, even just the way it's the way it's designed with the with the the arc reactor behind the three going out at the end of the trailer, and and I I love that, and I, oh, I yeah. hope I hope that you're right. I hope it's not just a marketing thing like, hey, come see our Iron Man movie. It's dark and gritty. Right. I don't think it's going to I, be. I really hope this is like Stark's like Empire Strikes Back, where his third movie in his franchise ends on like a mega downer. And it could be just based on what I've seen of the trailer, and and. I mean, it's only a couple minutes of footage, but this has potential to be the best Iron Man movie made. Oh, I think it probably will be. Yeah. If it, it lives seems up like to there's a premise. lot at stake. And the trailer is really sweet. Everybody should watch it because it doesn't really seem to give away much about the nope. plot. It's pretty much... There's a couple big moments, but none of the massive beats from the movie are anywhere no, near the trailer. It's I don't a lot think of so. small, cool moments. So, 
All right, well, let's let Alex right, come back everybody, down. Everybody, Alex is hollering at us. So. He's, he's coming back down Three right comes. now. Mr. So the fact that Mandarin Wait, is you a transvestite not for seven minutes. Weird. Yeah, isn't it weird that he has a kilt on in the trailer yeah. and he's got maracas in his the hand? Mandarin. Like, is he trying to... Craig Ferguson as Crimson Dynamo is very interesting. Very choice. strange. Uh, Conan O'Brien's cameo looks interesting. Dude, if Conan O'Brien... <laughs> and Stephen Colbert with a jetpack in the climax looks yes. like it's going to be something. Playing uh, Whiplash 2.0. <laughs> if that happens... He can take all my money. <laughs> if Stephen Colbert flies through Middle Earth on a jetpack, <laughs> so I will swear my undying allegiance to Peter Jackson. So should we should we break real quick so I can go to the bathroom and since we're <laughs> should we break? <laughs> can we got a tinkle? Can we break? Yeah, we can, can we? Break. Okay, it's fine. We're gonna take a break then, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. So we're going to move into our full review of Paranormal Activity 4. I will state uh, we're not going to hold back for spoilers. We're just going to go at it. There's nothing to spoil, so honestly, don't bother skipping through it. But um, Paranormal Activity 4, directed by uh, Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman, who uh, came to mild fame when their movie Catfish gained a lot of buzz. Catfish was kind of a cool movie to watch. It's an interesting experiment, so I think people should watch it. But uh, That got them the job of Paranormal Activity 3, which in my opinion is one of the more interesting, in a technical sense, one of the more interesting Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, they, they had the option to come back and work on Paranormal Activity 4. So that's what got them here. Uh, starring uh, Katie Featherston, the girl from the first one, and then a bunch of other people who... Nobody knows. No names. She's the girl from all of them. Yeah, she she's the main girl that's been in all. all she the plays movies. Katie, doesn't she? Spoiler alert for like the second and third one, but she uh, plays a character named yeah, Katie. Yeah, she, too, she plays she? Katie. And known for. Katie. Yeah, she's <laughs> on IMDb. Her known for photos are all four of the Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah. So, um, and then a quick synopsis by IMDb. It has been five years since the disappearance of Katie and Hunter, and a suburban family witness. And a suburban family witnessed strange events in their neighborhood when a woman and a mysterious child move in. Please excuse the weird English on that. Um, Alright, so, Paranormal Activity 4. Um, we kind of already talked a little bit about our stances on the Paranormal Activity series, but are there any general statements that people want to make about it? Um, the first one was kind of a cool idea. I, I have nothing against the first one. I think it's another... It's the next... Um, entry in a series of movies that were very low-budget horror movies, and they really, really broke new ground for the genre, whether it be good or bad. Halloween, I feel like, was the first real, true, low-budget genre creation. Um, Blair Witch kind of followed in its footsteps. There were other ones in between, and then, of course, this is the newest yep. series of films that has become a huge success with found very footage. little... Yeah, exactly. Found footage is the new thing because of Paranormal Activity, even yep. though it's been done before. It's yeah. really, really up there now. So Blair Witch was the first movie to really bring it to like forefront to to true mainstream audiences. Like there were others even before that. I mean, Cannibal yeah. Holocaust is. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, it's ungodly brutal to watch, <laughs> but it, it really is actually a pretty well made movie, and okay. it's it's horrifying. But um, 
that was one of the first found footage movies. But okay. anyway, regardless, it's it's just the next in a long line of very low budget horror movies that made it big. Yep. So. All right. Um, For and, better or worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole thing about about found footage movies is that they are very cheap to make. Yeah, absolutely. You give the actors cameras and they film each other. Pretty much. So. I mean, you know, through the use of you know whether it be a laptop or a video camera or a connect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this well, case. Um, um, I we should say the first paranormal activity had a budget of uh, $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what it made. Hmm. Made a lot more than that. <laughs> Total box office gross for paranormal activity 1 $193 million worldwide. So it's very easy to see why a studio would say let's make a second. Yes. And let's make a third and so yes. on and so forth. But that being said, I think that we, I think that the problem with a movie like this, and and once again, I'm going to liken it to the Saw series, is the idea that it starts with a very simple concept: uh, a married husband and wife living in a home that begin to be terrorized by some sort of paranormal yeah. activity, you know, and and think creepy things happen, and it's very subtle here and there, and then things get nasty as as it goes on. And that's that's fine. It works well for a horror film, but um, the problem is that when as you as you move further in, the audience expects you to up the ante, and therefore you have to go bigger and you have to create a storyline that you hope the audience will want to stick by in yeah. each subsequent entry. And I feel like with with this film in particular is finally kind of the breaking point for they don't know what this story is. You know, at the end of the second movie, which kind of runs concurrently with the first movie, if I remember correctly, it's been a while. It's, yeah, it happens both before and after. And after, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, the possessed sister from the first film kidnaps the baby of her sister, kills her, and walks off with the baby. Yep. Fine. Okay, she must be taking him from some sort of de- demonic possession thing. They hinted that in the third movie. Yep. But in this film... It's almost treated as a twist, but I didn't feel like it was anything all that shocking, was no. that the little kid that she abducts is not the kid from across the street that's being creepy. It's the kid that's living in the home with them. That's all fine and good, but it makes no sense. No. Why would you abduct a kid to deliver him to a demon or whatever it is her goal is, and then give him up for adoption, Yeah. and then abduct him again? It, it it's this is where the problems start because it's 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 bogged down like the the, the, sim, the simplistic nature of the series what it should be yeah. is now bogged down in this weird overarching storyline that's not even sen- like it's nonsensical yeah so I I this is the worst one of the bunch there's yeah. there's no I I don't I mean have we all seen all of them all four of them yeah this is the worst one of the bunch I, I think we can all agree absolutely and and it's. It's, it's not between, that, it's between this one and the second one. And I think a big part of that is because quite frankly the scares in this one and the second one more so in this one are not original. Yeah. They are not particularly scary in yeah. any sense of the word and and quite frankly nothing happens for yeah. a solid hour of the film. Yeah. And and I feel like with the third one they at least managed to um incorporate some interesting scares using the camera in different yes. ways and using the environment in different ways. Yep. There were some things that didn't work, sure. And it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it it genuinely made me creeped out in some moments. Um, this one does none of that. It, In fact, I'm surprised it's, I didn't realize it was the same filmmakers. Yeah. It's it's weird because it's they, they're relying on, on the cheapest of scares in this movie. 
you've got the cat scare. Like, the cat scare has been done in, I swear to God, there are more stray cats lurking about in horror films than any other genre, because if you need a scare, you just have a weird cat jump out and screech. In this case, it doesn't screech, Preferably but still. on top of some trash cans in an alley. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's even been overdone in non-horror movies. It's been done in comedies at this I mean, point. Yeah, I mean, horrible bosses. Exactly. Yeah. It's, at this point, it's, it's Although, so... Although, they did it, they followed the rules of th- the rule of three in that one and had it happen three times, and it was kind of funny in my opinion. That is but, true. That is true. But, but uh, that's handled differently, obviously, because it's a comedy. But, yeah. but you're right. It's it's one of those things where like it's almost embarrassing to have it in your movie mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some there's some strangeness in this movie. Things like the knife that magically floats up and hits the ceiling. Nobody notices it throughout <laughs> For dinner. Days that it's sticking to the well, ceiling. I think it like it, it must have carried it away or something. But, but it's so weird. It it's not even a good scare. Stone. No. It's not even a good scare. It's 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 like they had these ideas like ooh the audience will jump at this. But the the fun part about a series like this and, and Blair Witch and other movies of this kind is not the jump scares, it's it's the eeriness of yeah. these movies that works. Yeah. And I felt like there was none of that in this. There were a couple moments with the little kid where like where he was across the street standing and staring at the house in the trailer, actually, which I don't remember seeing in the movie. The series is pretty notorious for that, having tons of stuff in the trailers that's not in the movies. And I see why they yeah. do that. I know the third one, they were like... Tons of really angry people. I think the reasoning for doing that is because they don't Somehow. want to give away all the scares yeah. from the movie in 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 the trailer, and that's yeah. that's great. But when the scares in the trailer are better than the scares <laughs> you see in the movie, it doesn't work so well. Yeah. So it's it's I don't know. It's not it, the scares just don't work. They they're very cheap, and 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 you have to utilize in a movie like this. You have to utilize the the surrounding environment. Mm-hmm. You have to play on the fact that. People are going to be watching this at home, possibly, or going home after the theater, certainly. And you have to play on the ideas of what would terrify you if you're at home alone. Yep. And it does. It, they do that well in the first one specifically. Yeah. In this one, it, the stuff that happens is so over the top. Yeah. That I just can't. I can't get on board. Yeah, they certainly. Um, they certainly. I feel like this is the first movie, the first in the series, where they really, really don't try to be subtle. At all. At, in the beginning. I mean, there's people floating. By by the end of the second and third, for sure, and even by the end of the first one, the subtlety does fly out the window. Well, the climax should always be yes. like, holy moly, exactly. this is getting nuts now, you but, know, like... But this this one kind of starts off with no subtlety at all. Right out of the gate, yeah. Um, Nick, do you want to go through a few uh, thoughts of hatred towards me? No. <laughs> you suffered enough. <laughs> Um, I was definitely fighting going to seeing this one, kicking and screaming last last week. And I even watched Paranormal Activity 3 the other day. Which is not nearly as bad as this is. No, no. I was hoping that it would enrich the experience of the fourth. And all it did was annoy me further because the fourth... The third one actually had some interesting moments in it. One of my friends asked me the other day, he goes, did did you like the third one? Because he's like, I genuinely liked it. And I was like, no, I don't really like any of them. The first one I remember watching and thinking... This is kind of cool. It's got a couple moments that are a little creepy, but they were subtle. Yeah. And then when the climax hits, it's like that one big moment, and you're like, whoa, like that that freaked you out. And the yeah. second one was ridiculous. We were all laughing in the theater. And the third one had some moments that were kind of crafty, like with the fan. Yep. The fan yeah, cam. it's the way they yep. use the camera to, to yep. better the scares, which is smart. It It's a built-in tension device. And yes. in this one, there's just... 
ludicrous stuff happens over and over and they with this one they tried really hard to like they beat you over the head with the fact that it's modern that it's modern day way too much i don't know if they were trying to i don't know if they were just just pandering to more to the teenagers now because they're like that but i don't know it was just like facebook apple facebook connect facebook my friend said this on facebook you know, it's just everything. Yeah. And the weirdest thing is, I think I think the creepiest part of the movie for me personally, I think I I don't I know I wasn't the only one. We saw it with with Rick, who's been on the podcast before on our Resident yep. Evil episode, and, and the master. yep, and the master as well. Yep, and and me and him turned to each other over the course of the first twenty minutes of this movie. A lot of what you're seeing, a lot of the the dialogue is delivered through these webcam chats with the main star, the the girl, the girl. who's probably fifteen, yep. sixteen. And her pseudo boyfriend, I kind of sort of guy. I don't know. Yeah. Her boyfriend. We'll her call boyfriend. her boyfriend. Yeah. And it's it's just creepy. Like like and not creepy in the sense of, no, of yeah. ghosts. Like it didn't it, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to watch these private chats of some underage girl that's talking to her boyfriend and he's trying to get her to like do I mean, things on the as, webcam. As it's so, not, yeah, as soon as I saw a webcam, webcam thing happening, I was like, there's going to be a part where he's going to try and get a little bit booby out of her. And I was and like, it, I don't want to, no. It just feels like awkward 15. to me. I want nothing to do with that. It feels really awkward to me. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel, I felt uncomfortable for the first, like, like that is, uh, I, and that was, was uncomfortable for all the wrong reasons. All like, the wrong reasons. Well, plus, the movies get more and more far-fetched because... Why the hell doesn't anybody watch what they're recording? Well, okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me. This let happened. Me. The third one was super guilty of this, and then so was this one. This one I don't think was that bad. They did watch it, but it was like the daughter was like, "Why don't you guys like stay here and watch it and believe me and blah blah blah." Like that has she watched most of it, but but these parents leave the house more than any parents ever yeah. in the history of parenting. Especially for having like a five-year-old boy around. Yeah, and, and a weird kid that <laughs> like, doesn't live. That's not from yeah. Ninety percent of the of the mom and dad scenes are, "Hey, I'm heading out, guys. Be safe." Like, yeah, or right. them sleeping. So okay, but the um, other oh crap, there's something else too that. Uh, Oh yeah, because in the in the first one, it's there's a clear like I'm pretty sure at the beginning it says, in this year this guy started filming stuff around their house. This is the footage that was found later, and in the second one I'm not sure if they ever touch on that. Yeah, and in do. the th- in the third one they never say like how it's been compiled or who's. No. There's no, no sense. There's, never there's a, no sense no. of authorship with the third one or this one. So by the time this fourth one rolled around, I'm like, I can't buy it anymore because I'm like I don't feel like there's some police or some unknown third party watching this in sequence to figure out what happened. Like, yeah. how is this being presented to me? There was no cop that came in the house and was like, oh, we're going to get this Connect footage. That um, makes sense. Like, like, No, I get what you're saying. That cause... really bothered me because I'm like, your your whole device for, for filming, for delivering these movies is reliant on the idea that somebody is watching Found it this. back with you. Yeah. And in this case, it's... It's just data that's in there that no one's found, unless in Paranormal Activity 8, when they conclude the whole series, they're going to reveal that there was some guy watching them all or something Which weird. wouldn't shock me, I, I, but but like Cloverfield did it well, because it made sense for, for a movie like Cloverfield. It oh, was yeah. a government, you know, they, they, they took the footage and they yeah, were... Yeah, Cloverfield's like the one movie that kind of did it pretty successfully. Yes. And it was Absolutely. scary. I didn't enjoy it. I love Cloverfield. It's been a long time. I don't either love it or hate it. I, I liked it. I love that movie. Okay. Um, it's pretty creepy. So, it's got Lizzie Kaplan in it too, which blows up, woo-wee. dude. The uh, 
the scariest part of this and Eric movie. Eric Zoss is in that movie. <laughs> that <laughs> he one totally guy. is. He's the guy with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, well, Eric's T.J. Miller. Eric, if Eric listens to this episode, it is T.J. Still, Miller, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, T.J. Miller wow. plays HUD. I have oh, to rewatch yeah. Cloverfield now because yeah. she's in. She's out of my league. Too, I love T.J. Miller. He's, he's cool. the only reason I want to watch Rock of Ages because I heard his his part is the best part of the whole movie, and it's like two minutes. He's long. pretty good. Awesome. Anyway, all right, Paranormal Activity four, Alex. So, I feel like the Paranormal Activity movies are down to uh, we we talked about the budget formula earlier. This is like uh, okay, the par- the four Paranormal Activity movies are between an hour and twenty one minutes and an hour and thirty five minutes long. There's a point in the last four, in, in these four movies, that you can find... Let me back up. They start out writing this movie where it's like, okay, this is the time period. Can cameras exist at this point in time? Check. Okay, we're good. We can move on to the next point. What? How are we going to make it so that... Yes, exactly. How are we going to make it so that we can have cameras all over the house and in the second one it's like okay well this guy is a wedding wedding uh, photographer so he's going to have all these ca- oh yeah in the third one he's a wedding photographer so he's going to have all these cameras uh, in, in the 80s when they were super expensive and he can put them all over his house it's like okay that's a fun concession and then this one it's the scene where the the boyfriend's like and the, the girlfriend's like oh you've been filming our web chats or whatever can you do that on every single computer here like that moment occurs in all so of these. So they're constantly rolling, yeah, all the time, yeah. even if the computer is like off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I oh I kind of want to do this experiment where I go through and find that moment in all four movies and see if it just goes straight down the timeline on like all like a four Nickelback movies. song. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and then weirdly, the third one is the one where I believed it the most, though. I it's did true because I was like, they gave it the most explanation. This is this guy's profession. Yes, the third one's the best movie. I. I I honestly feel that way. I'm starting to feel that way. I really do, because I feel like I like the 80s setting. I think it's believable that he yeah. would have all this footage. Yep. I think the characters are actually likable or non-likable. They, they actually have character yep. in that movie. Anyway, regardless, go ahead. No, it's and, and then, you know, there's the... Uh, uh, you start seeing moments where people, at least in the first three, you start seeing moments where somebody other than the person that believes that something is happening is now turning around to believing that there's actually sure, something sure. happening. That didn't really happen in this one. No. There was never a point where anybody <laughs> but the main girl... There was just awkward dad being, you guys are crazy with your computers, yeah. man. Yeah, look at this. You're making this great horror movie. Good effect, kids. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know what he does for a like living. He but like $5 million is a, on is that a crappy dad yeah. <laughs> for a living. Um, but it, it's just the fact that you can boil it down to the formula is really becoming apparent for movies in on top of that <laughs> that statement is just really funny well four movies in we're beginning to see this pattern and that's the thing is that if you want to have a successful series of movies you should there shouldn't be a formula to you it. gotta break the mold yeah or there should be a formula but you expand upon that formula yes. in exponential or you play upon the audience's expectations for the formula see and then here's the other thing there are many times where i leaned over to nick and i was like oh that's Chekhov's gun right there like the the golden fork or whatever i was like that fork is gonna come up somewhere 
Like, they threw a lot of red herrings at you in yes. this movie, and they never came back. Yeah, or the, like, beads, the beads hanging in the girl's closet. It's like there's going to be a part where the ghost demon thing walks through that on the camera at night. Or the refrigerator door. That one was yeah. the worst. Every like, single time. It's the biggest door in the world. Yep. And like <laughs> the guy like closes it's it. The door like, from Tron. Here it comes. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, here it comes. It's going to close, and there's going to be something standing back behind exactly. it. And they never do it. So I guess... I mean that's that's the one thing that I was gonna say. But I don't give them props for that though because then they ran out of ideas. Because because exactly the scares that they used weren't as good. I would give them props that they were able to subvert my expectations. However, none of the scares were were particularly good, and and you know it. I mean not not that they would be any good if I was able to know where they are. No. But they didn't surprise me either. No, it it didn't do any better than what they would have done if they had done the predictable choice exactly in, in the, in, yeah exactly yeah it's 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 not a great movie it's not it's 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 actually a really bad movie yeah um oh it's unbelievably it's bad. it's i honest to god and this is i have been there have been nights where i've gone and seen movies at midnight and i've gone through an entire day of work and i'm exhausted yep. like like dead tired and i have never been to a movie bad enough or boring enough to fall asleep in the theater. My dad falls asleep at every movie in the theater. It doesn't matter how good it is. Me? I haven't hit that point yet, and hopefully I won't. This movie, there was a point where you guys turned to me, and I was falling asleep. Yeah, it was, and, and we saw this movie at 7.30 at night. This was not a midnight screening. I like... wasn't tired going into this movie. <laughs> I wasn't tired. I hadn't been drinking. No, no, no major factor. You didn't it... just eat a big turkey dinner? No. No. No tryptophan poisoning. Nothing like that. It just, nothing happened. There was a solid 20-minute period straight in the middle of the movie where nothing happened. Yeah. There was nothing. a solid, like, hour and 30-minute period where nothing happened. <laughs> Pretty you much. know what I mean, though. There, <laughs> yes, there, weren't, there weren't even, like, there weren't even, like, sh- crappy jump scares yeah. for a solid 20 well, minutes. And the thing, the thing with this series now, too, that's pretty alarming, and I think you need to reevaluate your your movie, is the in the first one, the actual paranormal activity was creepy. And the second one, not really. Like I said... There's uh, one scene where those cabinets all fly open that gets you. But even then, I didn't think it was creepy. I just thought it was cool. And I instantly was like, how do they do that? Well, yeah, but it makes you jump. Like, at least at least it go, you go, oh, crap, because you didn't expect it. Or and then in the third one, there's, there's like one moment where the actual paranormal activity is pretty creepy. But in the fourth one, I was never freaked yeah, out by the invisible good. force. But with each series or each entry, they're introducing more and more real-world actual people that are scary. Yeah. Like in the third one you get the like the Coven of yep. Witches. And in the fourth one you have like a field of witches. Coven of witches. A billion of and them. And like a creepy old lady who's like, Can I help you? Like in the in the yard. And I'm like, those people freaked me out. Like those were the moments that made me jump because ghosts aren't real and they don't scare me. And yeah. right. in Paranormal Activity, the first one they had some creepy moments where yeah. like the sheets will the move. The sheets, or... or no, the worst was the flower on the ground that he laid down, and you saw the hoof prints in it. I was like, ugh! My, the... But it's because they play on things that... that but that they, was they creepy. They play now... on the idea of you being at home alone. Yeah, well, now the, the paranormal, the actual, like, ghost or, or whatever, paranormal activity scares aren't scary anymore. Like, how many times can we watch a door slowly open and a girl get lifted out of a bed and go, whoa, whoa, there's yeah, something that and... we can't see there moving <laughs> shit around. Like, that's not scary anymore. Yeah. And how many times are you going to watch a kid talk to a, wall. a demon? Right. Yeah, a wall. And that's... you're going to see breath go <laughs> and blow some girl's hair. 
And like the only, the only, and 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 it wasn't just us because there were there were other people in the theater. Everybody was like, talking. Alex leaned over to me at one point. He's like, "I'm glad there are tons of other people talking." Yeah. And the only moments where people reacted like they were scared was when you saw real people. Because like at the end of the movie, when the camera turns and there's like 300 witches like yeah. creeping towards the camera, I was like, "That's creepy." Like people, real people in night vision with their eyes all white. That's creepy. And there was some dude like a bunch of us up who's like, "Oh no," or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying he to think got of what freaked he said. out. There was the one point where the mom backs away and Katie's behind her or whatever, and he was like, "I forget what he said," but it was amazing. It was really funny. But yeah, yeah the only moments that are creepy are where there are actual people, and I think they need to reevaluate their paranormal activity series when the invisible scare, the invi- I think invisible scare. They could put a focus on if they want to do it. They're going to do another one. This is going to happen. Well, yeah, we, we know we this. talked about that like twenty minutes ago. Right. Right. <laughs> So if they put a focus maybe on like the the witch aspect of it, like the physical threat of it, except instead of the paranormal threat of it, maybe that could be something that could be different enough to be. To and then if you only have Toby, the the devil, as like a muscly enforcer, a, a who, puppet stringer. Yeah, you know, like at a, the end of the movie, in the fifth, the fifth one is like really like witch scary, and then at the end you forget all about Toby because he's not in it, and then there's like some resistance there, like. Toby and they just like whistle and he just like comes in and starts snapping necks and backs. That'd that be cool. I'd be like that would actually be kind of sweet. But honestly, the shot of the mom getting whipped up to the ceiling in this one and the dad getting dragged around, I was like, I just don't even care about yeah. this. It's not scary anymore. No, nope. at all. So a grade, guys. Alex, uh, F. <sighs> There's no reason to F minus joke around. Yeah, it's 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 like it's the bad. lowest grade possible. I don't know how this movie. W- where is their five million dollars? When it, I remember during the credits, when it's a director of photography, I'm like, who on earth could claim to be the director of photography of this movie? There's, there is, n- no, no. All they did was set up a bunch of com- a bunch of computers and go, okay, roll it. That's yeah. it. How does this movie have two directors? There's not one. <laughs> I don't know. How are there two? I don't know. How did it's, two people get credited not good. for this movie? And even if you're a fan of this series, it's probably there's not worth honestly, and I am a hundred percent confident in this fact that the three of us could go out and in a week we could produce a Make better a scary movie, movie yeah, scary movie with a better plot that's scarier than but, this but movie. you know what's funny that's what they did with paranormal activity one We'd make that movie, and then the studio would go, ooh, dollar yeah. signs, and then we'd be like, make a new one. And then we'd be like, no, how about we take our talents and do something else, do something fresh. But you see what I'm saying, though. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Well, maybe Paranormal Activity 1 was created out of necessity and frustration with the current horror movie trend. Maybe they wanted to get back to basics. Maybe they just thought, hey, here's something we can film on a really, really low budget. Actually, I wonder whatever happened to the guy who made the first one. Did they buy Warren him Pelly? out? Did they buy him out for like 50 he's, grand And this? He's just broke he, somewhere? He did that show... Um, that got canceled after one season called The River, which was another found footage type thing. And then he did, um, he was a producer on Chernobyl Diaries because I, I just watched that, which was not good, by the way. This, uh, this director... So I'm just wondering if he made it, if he makes any money from the sequels or if they just bought him out completely and he's just sitting there broke and... My guess is he makes some sort of small royalty for the... This uh, director of photography uh, did uh, Bachelorette, Kirsten Dunst, Isla Fisher and Lizzie Kaplan that came out this year. I already want to see that for Isla Fisher and Lizzie like Kaplan. A, I would love to be things. a DP on a movie like this where I can just sit in a chair and go, yep, I can yeah. see picture. Okay, yeah. let's roll. The people are visible. There's light. Okay, there's lights. Thanks, thanks, son. Yeah. Hey, guys, why don't you uh, boom up the million K in the sky? Okay, it looks great. Thanks, son. Okay, let's roll. Like, what a joke, man. You probably got paid a lot, too. Uh, no, probably not. The budget's probably five not. mil. Yeah, I mean, that's true. They had to spread that across two directors, so... <laughs> two directors and 
the DP, cast. and like the the credits list was pretty long. And a production designer. What? Like you just filmed in a house, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, it's not good. It's really, really, it's really, it's, really, really bad. It is. Nick's right. I'm actually, for some reason, fluffing this up to be more than it is by saying it's not good. It's really, 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 it's really, really, really bad. phenomenally bad. And I still would would wager that Alex Cross is better. as Despite the fact that this had, when we went and saw it, the Paranormal had a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and Alex Cross had a 13 I really can't imagine how Alex Cross is worse. Because it's at least got to have a plot. See, but here's the thing. Here's here's what is going to make Alex Cross better for you if you ever saw it. The fact that you like Matthew Fox. But I only like... Ma- I'm not even that big of a Matthew Fox but that'll fan. still carry it a little bit more. There are no names in this movie. If Sam Rockwell's in this movie, I'd see it. That would have sold me on day one. I'd be like, I'm going to watch Sam Rockwell. I want to see Sam Rockwell in Paranormal what? Activity. Oh, That's about, awesome. Oh, Can you imagine his yeah. overreactions to those like, bed sheets moving? Yeah, brilliant. What the... What? He starts dancing. Yeah, he just starts dancing. <laughs> He's just dancing with the ghost. Like, I mean, I, I like Matthew on the Fox. Connect. There's a lot of actors I like, but if they ever turn in a crappy performance, I'm the first one to admit it. Terminator Salvation. Well, but, no, 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 no. And that's the thing. He probably doesn't turn in a crappy performance. He well, just probably has nothing. At least Alex Craft really, has a production value. That's what I'm saying. Like the, when we were arguing about this versus versus Resident Evil, there is no way on earth that Resident Evil is worse than. I'd Paranormal rather TV. watch this than Resident Evil. I'm just gonna say it. That I would rather watch this. Again. I would Lowe's rather watch neither. Yes, I mean, Can like, I say I, that? like I said, if somebody held me at gunpoint to put in one of these two movies, I would rather just die. But <laughs> I would rather put in. I wouldn't put this than Resident Evil. That yeah, blows my yeah, mind. I mean, I, 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 I would rather put in Resident Evil, but. Not, Res- Resident I mean, Evil has to do with resentment for the fact that it could be so good. At least, I, at least I like, and this is coming from somebody who hates those movies. But at least I could laugh at it. Right. At least I could laugh at like, oh my I god, this is the dumbest thing. I laughed at this the whole time through. Yeah. Well, maybe it was it's not you the guys same. Were, were cheap laughs, though, man. You the guys were having. Were just you guys were able to. Around too. I, you guys were able to joke about it, and I was kind of. Yeah, you were. You were on the left hand side falling because, asleep. Because we so. have a lot of people that are fans of the Resident Evil video game franchise, I feel like we get more. It's more rewarding mocking the Resident Evil movies just because, I don't know. Like, Paranormal Activity is an insult to anyone who ever wanted to be involved in movies in any way. At least Resident Evil has a couple stunts that were kind of cool. The opening scene was cool. It looks good. I mean... I mean, it looks like it has money behind it. it. Yeah, it has no value for story, but it had a couple moments that were kind of neat, a couple action beats that were kind of cool. It definitely shits all over the Resident Evil legacy. But, man, Paranormal Activity is such a mushroom slap in the eye. I'd rather watch Argo. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Paranormal Activity is just the... It is a symptom of everything that's wrong with Hollywood right now. So much more offensive than Resident Evil. It is more offensive At least a ton of money gets sunk into Resident Evil. And it makes a lot of money back. But Paranormal Activity is just such cheap whoring out. It's like it's disgusting. It's the I'm, same equation. I'm just personally like disappointed in myself that I paid money to see Paranormal I'm Activity. I'm disappointed, disappointed in both. that I paid money to see either of them. Yeah, same here. See, Resident Evil, I at least enjoy laughing at. Let's it. not no, do this Resident anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is why we're not seeing Twilight next month because <laughs> this is exactly. Sorry, how anybody that was excited to watch tw- or to hear our Twilight thoughts. It's not okay. Anyway, we've spent way too much time talking about this movie. Um, we're gonna take a quick little break and then we're gonna jump into some food for thought. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. 
Alright, we're back after a long and depressing argument about crappy movies. <laughs> but anyway, we're back for some food for thought brought to you by Willie, but it could be brought to you by you. If you mail your feedback into feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. So Willie, what's what's your food for thought question this week? Um, there's a lot of really bad scares in Paranormal Activity 4. There's like one or two maybe halfway decent ones. No. Nope. So, okay. So, <laughs> trying to be nice. Um, so what are your favorite and or least favorite scares? These can be jump scares, creepy, eerie scares, anything that the director obviously intended for you to be freaked out by. Yep. Um, I'll start off. Okay. Um, as usual. Um, my favorite is actually a jump scare, which normally I hate in movies. I always feel like eeriness is a better way to get across the idea of that uneasy feeling. Um, I think Carpenter does it fantastically in his movies, and I'll, I'll talk about those first in a second here. Yeah. But, but this one is, is from um, the original Friday the 13th. Okay. Um, from, I think it was 1980. Um, there is a scene towards the end um, where the main heroine, the final girl, as they always call him in the mm-hmm. slash movies, has dispatched the, the killer and there's a legend of the boy who drowned the lake, and she's floating in a canoe across the river, and there's this really nice, sweet music that's picking, that's welling up. It's this really, really nice stuff, and, and, and you see the cops across the other end of the lake, like, waiting for her, and they come out, and they're kind of looking out, like, oh, there she is. And you're like, she is totally safe. This is the, you know, the credits are about to roll, and out of nowhere, this decomposed boy <laughs> leaps out of the lake, and pulls her into the water. And it is literally every time I see it, I've seen that movie, I honestly don't know how many times, and every time I see it, I jump. It, 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 like, I always forget what moment in the, like, what moment during the musical cue yeah. it, it, it starts, and it, it terrifies. That, that movie, and I said that I met Tom Savini, the first time I met Tom Savini, who was a special effects artist on that movie, I said to him, I said, just so you know, you helped develop the best scare I've ever seen. Like, one of the best scares I've ever seen in a movie. And, and you know, he was like, oh, yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? You know, like, he took it so, so nonchalantly, but I thought that was so cool. Like, yeah. he's just like, yeah, no big deal. That's awesome. A um, couple other little ones. Um, the eerie factor, the end of Halloween, another slasher movie, one of my favorite films of all time. The original, we're not talking Rob Zombies. If you guys want to hear a really brutal uh, review, mm. we'll do Rob Zombies Halloween sometime because <laughs> I will be really, really upset. Um, no, the end of that movie is awesome because the whole movie takes place in this Midwestern, this kind of generic Midwestern U.S. town mm-hmm. that any of us could live in. And um, throughout the course of the movie, there's just some different set pieces. There's, there's different sets. You know, there's, the, there's a couple different houses he's, he journeys to to kill people, and there's a couple different city blocks that he, he goes to to kill people. And they look down off the balcony, and the body's gone. The killer's gone. And all you hear is breathing, that breathing through the mask, and you see all the places he's been before, and it's that, it's that creepy. Like if you watch it on Halloween, it, it's even creepier because it's that factor of like, is he, you know, like he could be on my street. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's that. It's just it gets under your skin in that really perfect way. Yeah. Um, cheesy scares. I mean, I there's countless cheesy scares. Yeah. It's it's really hard to pinpoint. Um, I. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of 
of jump scares in general, and and I've talked I talked about this earlier about the cat scares that happens so often in horror movies, mm-hmm. and they tried to mix it up and make it like bird scares and dog scares and like it's not any better, guys. <laughs> bird like scares. no, seriously, like I don't remember the movie, but I swear to God I saw a movie recently where there was a bird scare, like the bird was like, and I'm like, really? Come on, guys, mm-hmm. like you're trying too hard. Anyway, so I can't pinpoint an exact bad scare, but those are a couple of my favorites. So. Okay. Alright, um, I just, I'll have, I have a few things. I don't have any particularly hap- good answers that I'm happy with. The, the, one of the few, like, really unsettling things that I've watched movie-wise would probably be the tape in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the, like, imagery there is just completely unsettling, and mm-hmm. it's, creepy there's all sorts of creepy stuff in that video like maggots and weird like the one that always gets me is the thumb through the nail and you see the 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 thumbnail pop up yeah yeah um that's an unsettling movie to begin with it really is yeah that shot when she comes out of the tv at the end man yeah screw that and i've seen i've seen the japanese the original yeah um and i i honestly think the american version's actually a little bit better i really feel that way um Cat scare that I wasn't like angry about, <laughs> probably Alien. Yeah. There's cat scare in there, and I wasn't like, oh god, it's just the cat. Do you but... know why? Honestly, why I think that is? Why? The cat's not just some random cat that you'd never seen in the movie before. Exactly. It's not like, hey, we need a cat on set today because we're doing a cat scare. It's like you it's know like, that Jonesy was in the pod was with her in, in the beginning. Exactly, of the movie. Yeah. and that I think that's part of it. Yeah. The cat is part of the tension in that particular scene. Yeah. So it makes sense. And um. I had one more that I wanted to talk about that was just like I don't know, Nick, you go for now. Uh I'm trying to do bad first, but it's harder to think of bad than good. Yeah, the bads usually just block out of your mind. Because yeah. they're forgettable. That's the reason yep. why they're bad. <laughs> and I and the only ones I can think of now are just the paranormal activity ones, just the door. The door creaking open. My other one that was actually legitimately like terrifying to me is in the first Paranormal Activity movie when she gets the the picture out of the attic, mm. like the picture, and she's just like, "There's no reason that this picture should exist." It, it was like in the burned and that, weird that, shit. That, yeah, you know, took our house. Like, if that happened to me, like if I had like some item that was like, "This should not have existed. This shouldn't exist anymore." That's just absolutely terrifying. I. There's a there's a scene in um in Blair Witch actually that that gets me pretty bad. It's actually the the final shot of the movie when yeah. she goes down in the basement and and he's just staring at the wall. And I, I it's not that I don't know like it's just so weird. Like yeah. it's just like what what he's like, being forced to stand in the corner. It's and, so yeah. creepy. And they they kind of hint at what the reasons for that earlier. They talk about the children having to stand in the corner or something like that. I, it's been a long time, but they talk about some sort of sacrificial thing. And you see him standing in the corner, and the instant it's the thing is the instant you see him in the corner, you know she's dead. There's yeah. there's no way she's getting out of this, and and you're just waiting for it to happen. That was creepy. And 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 finding the. Their film, the 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 fil- the fellow filmmakers' teeth yeah. in like a yeah, that's super creepy. It was it was messed up. When it, you hear him at night screaming, they, they lose him in the woods, and he's just screaming. All it was rough. The whole night. Like yeah. I'm getting a little bit, you know, goosebumpy just hearing it because he's like you hear him scream. You've seen it, yeah. right? No, no, no. But you hear I, him screaming in the night, like because yeah. he he goes missing, and they find some teeth wrapped up in this little like creepy mm-hmm. like blanket thing, and. You hear him screaming in the night, and they're just screaming for his name, and they're like, keep running, keep running, you know, try and find him or whatever, and you just know that nothing good's going to come of that. 
Yeah, it's that was so creepy. creepy. The only other good stuff that I was going to say would just be a cop-out, and it's just basically anything that Alfred Hitchcock did, because well, there's a, some genius moments of tension that are downright like terrifying. He's a master. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the master of suspense. Mm-hmm. There's 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 no question. I mean, you know, like, I'm, I'm a huge Carpenter fan, and, and Carpenter, I, I, I mean, as far as I know, has always said Hitchcock was a big influence. Yeah. I mean, the man... The man one of the reasons why he hired Jamie Lee Curtis is because he found out that it was Janet Lee's daughter. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think Halloween ever would have existed if it weren't for Psycho, certainly. Yeah. So, the, I mean, and Psycho's not even Hitchcock's best movie, in my opinion. I think Rear Window is. Yeah, well, I mean, even, like, some of the suspense or, or the situation in, in Rear Window. Sure. Like, just moments of him... Like looking across the the courtyard and like you being like, okay, where's the dude? Where's the dude? And then you like see where he is, and you're just like, <sighs> it's horrifying. Yeah. But it but it's not it's not over the top. It, it doesn't rely on gore. Yeah. It doesn't rely yep. on jumps. It you know it's just it's it's, it's putting yourself. Yep. And I think that's one of the big things in horror to really make people scared is you have to put the characters in a position that you yourself could see. Mm-hmm could see yourself in, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's why the best zombie movies work the way they do, that's why the best slasher movies work the way they do, because yeah. the characters are realistic enough, and you can relate to at least somebody in the movie enough to where you're like, oh my god, like, that could happen to me, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Alright, so, Nick. Um, I still can't really think of any that are super bad, I just Signs. thought of some more good ones. I love Signs. Like, there are some creepy things. M.I. Shyamalan's movies... A lot of his early ones catch a bad rap now because his later ones, but Science is so sweet. I and I will. That's another movie where I'll go toe to toe with people in that movie. But it's not even that. It's not even the shot of the fingers. Like he, so he, I think, is probably the most apparent director who's taken some serious cues from Hitchcock in terms of some of the tension. But that scene where Mel Gibson goes to that guy's house, and he, it's not. It's when you see the shadow pacing back and forth under the door because the guy's like, "I locked one in the cupboard. Don't let it out." And then he goes, have you seen Signs? I, it, I was, like, in the single digits of age, okay. so I don't remember. There's a part where Mel Gibson's character goes to confront uh, the character M. Night Shyamalan plays, yeah. who is responsible for his wife's death. But anyway, he goes to him, he's talking to him outside of his house, and right before he takes off, he goes, I locked one in the pantry, don't let it out, or something like that. And then he drives away, and Mel Gibson's like, what the hell? And he goes inside the house, and he's looking around, and he looks, and you see just down this hallway, you see the pantry, and there's light coming from the door, and you just see this shadow... So you know there's something Pace there. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, is there actually one in there? Because he hasn't shown the aliens yet, and he never really does the whole movie. You the birthday see party video is creepy, too. That is still. So, that movie has so many moments that are seriously like... And they're jump scares, but they're good. In well, the cornfield, when you see build. the leg... When he, when he pans the light in the cornfield, yeah. you just see the leg, and then it walks in the field, and you're like, oh my god. But no, that pantry door, it's not even the walking. It's, it's pacing, then he goes, hello, and it stops. And just stands there, and that shadow's just sitting there, and you're like... Oh my god. But then it does that shot where the hand comes out and he cuts the fingers yeah, off. And, and that's creepy too, but you realize that it's become like like when it stops is creepier because you realize that it's aware of him being there. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's he no longer has the element and of surprise. And he's aware that it's it there and, and it, it knows. But it also the shots where they fortified the house and there's the camera is just panning across the living room and you see the shadows going by the shutters and you hear the doorknob jingling and it just keeps panning around Horrifying. the house. So good. Up until the finale of that movie, it's like the finale is great, but it, once once you really see a, a decent view of the alien, it's not as scary because I you never think get a you, really great shot. Not great, but I think once once you see the characters confronting it and being standing up to it, it's not as scary because right. they're standing up to it because it's physical. Right, but but it's he doesn't. Um, 
that movie it's, it's a great sweet. movie. It really is. It's not his best, but it's it's also, a great movie. Um Exorcist. Oh my god. Two shots in the Exorcist that guaranteed no matter what state of mind I'm in, I could it could be noon surrounded by kittens. <laughs> <laughs> two shots in the movie when it quickly flashes the demon's face when she's oh, in the hospital. Oh my god. Never pause that frame. It's so <laughs> it scary. And, and it's weird because it's just a simple makeup. But yeah, it is nothing... so effective. It's the expression on the actor's face. Oh the my god, it's, it's incredible. And and you know the ex- have you seen the extended one? The the version you've never seen. They called yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's all the only version I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they, they they add a lot more. Right, the, the uh, shot they add a lot down, more of the face in the that. Sh- uh, the shot coming down the stairs upside down. Mm-hmm. Spider walking. Oh my god! I remember being a kid and my dad showed me that and I could not sleep. I was like. So the movement is so unnatural and scary, and yeah. it's just. <laughs> I used to have nightmares actually when I when I. That I, is just the I had biggest a habit. bag of nope I've ever seen. <laughs> the biggest bag of nope. Yep. I that's poster. Um, <laughs> I uh, I actually had a a bit of a habit when I was a kid of sneaking downstairs and watching horror movies. <laughs> Running upside down on the stairs. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I uh, thankfully. Um, no, I had a habit of sneaking downstairs and watching horror movies when my parents were, fell asleep. Yeah. And they found out about this eventually, but it took a while. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ones I watched was The Exorcist. Late night. That's the original version before they did the version you've never seen or yeah. Nick has always seen. Uh, <laughs> the version Nick has always seen. Um, doesn't have quite the selling point that... Nope. Um, but no, they it's... I had nightmares literally that night. I remember I, f- I fell asleep on the couch afterwards. How I fell asleep, I don't know. But I woke up and I went in my room and I swear to God I had nightmares of her just laying in my bed like, ah, you Ew. know, like doing all sorts of exorcisty stuff. And that, that, that movie still gets to me. And it's, it's, it's not just the most blatant moments even, not just the moments of, you know, masturbating with a crucifix and all the horrible things she does yeah. to herself, but it's, it's, it's just the, the music and the you know that it's building to something bigger, you know. Well, and the and the something that's cool about The Exorcist is that the authority figures are pretty powerless before it. Usually, in like a lot of horror movies, even in the first Paranormal Activity, there's the guy who's like the occult expert. The expert. Yep. And he goes, he's like, "Nope, I'm out of here." Like he's like, "You guys need to get the hell out of this house and run away from this." And they're like, "No," and he's like, "Okay, we'll see you. Never, because you'll die." But there's no expert in the in the Exorcist. I mean, well, there, there, the, there are the, the ex- there are got, the Exorcists. Like, you've got the nice old priest from who's Max von Sydow, and if you are raised like I was to have like some mild amount of religious terror, there's always the idea that God and his his uh, you know, generals will protect you from that evil stuff. And when those exorcists, those old, that old priests can't do it, you're like, oh my god, right? Like, you're what? helpless. They're, this, this is really. Scary. They call that scary. guy in from like Africa to come <laughs> exactly. help out, and he still can't make it work. He's like, I've never seen a a demon this extreme. It's horrifying. So. And if you haven't seen um The Exorcist three, which is might sound silly, but it's it. In all honesty, it's. It's actually based on better this. than Alien Three. Well, God, everything's better than Alien Three. I'd rather watch both Paranormal Activity Four and Resident <laughs> Evil Five than Alien Three. Ooh. But no, the um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> we should put this to the test. Sorry, Fincher. Um, no, the um, untrue. The uh, the the third film, the second film was actually there was no original idea behind it. It was just we want to make a sequel. Yep. And they included the Reagan character, the little girl from the first one. It's a horrible movie. It's got James Earl Jones, but it's not good. Okay. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> um, it's no Sandlot, okay? Okay. And um, 
or the, Conan. The, but the third one was actually based on the sequel novel, which was written by the same uh, William Friedkin. Friedkin. Uh, which the first mm-hmm. Exorcist novel is actually followed very closely in the film. So if you've seen the film, you'll probably know all the major beats. But it's read it in the dark with the lights off. I read it during a power outage How one night. How is possible? <laughs> I read it during a power outage one night, and I was terrified. Anyway, the third the third film is based on the on the sequel book by Friedkin, and it follows one of the characters from the book, and it's super super good, really really good. So. It's All worth right. checking out. I'd, if I can finish my list without Willie's yep. thoughts on everything I say. <laughs> no, uh, the only other one I was going to mention was, uh, um, well, there were two more, but I forgot one. Uh, briefly, uh, Jaws. like, And that's mm. personally just out of my extreme irrational fear of sharks. There's the shot in Jaws when you see the, like, the side of its head, when it cruises under that, that... Well, you get the point of view shot going right at the kid... And then it cuts to like the slightly overhead shot of like the side of its face going by the boat. Oh my god, that that's like the first real shot of the shark, and that shit is so huge. It's like bigger than their little dinghy. I remember being a kid and seeing that and going, "Hell no!" And that's why to date I've only ever been in an ocean once, and it was in February of this year, and I only went like fifteen, twenty feet out because I was <laughs> honestly like that movie left such a mark on me. And like, I mean, it's great. I love that movie. I'll watch yeah. it any time. It's such a such a genius movie. But the uh, the scares in that Spielberg, and it was so accidental because I know Spielberg wanted to shoot the bejesus out of the shark, and his editor was like, "Nope, I'm not going to show it." Yeah. And he was like, "Come on, man! You don't have any idea what agony I went through to get the shots of this stupid thing because it was always breaking on set and all this." Bruce. And the editor's like, "Nope." not gonna do it and then he i know spielberg always will be like thank god she because he was young he didn't know any better and his editor was this old pro who cut all the movies in her like back room of her house Mm -hmm. and she was like nope not gonna not gonna show it it'll be better dang it i wish i could remember what the other one was because it was uh it was a really good oh i was thinking also dog soldiers has as i love dog soldiers like that movie has everything it's like got great humor it's got not a lot of it but some real intense gore but there's a couple really creepy parts and when you first see one of the werewolves when it gets up in sean pertwee's room you're like oh and then it stands up and you see that it's like nine feet tall and it's all like gangly and, and like yeah. just the way that that actor like stood up in that suit is so creepy and so good i think it's the designed you know like, yeah oh like yeah the, the, werewolf the werewolf design is it's, really it's cool. unique yeah definitely Usually werewolves are these like huge muscle-bound things, and these ones are so lanky and just like tall and creepy. And I hope if we ever get a a cool Slenderman movie that it's actually really really creepy, because God knows the go. potential's there. Honestly, like I think probably the most effective scare to date is just playing Slender. Yeah, <laughs> that game is unreasonably scary, even All with right. a group of like five guys. In it's still room. scary. So scary. I had one more that I thought of, and this falls under the irrational fears category because i'm not scared of it anymore we could probably do a whole fruit 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 um the whole large marge sequence (laughs) yeah it's creepy peewee not even just like the the crazy claymation like look at her face the idea of pointing the camera out the window of the truck into complete black and then having these signs come by like on a rope that they're pulling towards the camera that image stuck in my head as a kid and scared the crap out of me and i don't know why i can think of it right now and feel how how scared that i used to be 
Interesting. But I don't. I don't even know. I I would honestly leave the room when that. When but that as, part a, even as a done. kid, though, even just the the bizarre can always throw you. Yeah. It doesn't need to be something that's actually scary. It's just yeah. as a as a child, your mind has not seen that kind of stuff yet. So, I mean, I still remember one of the biggest squeamish scares I ever had in a movie was the first time I saw Saving Private Ryan the year it came out. When when Adam Goldberg is getting stabbed to death at the end of that movie, I've seen that scene once. I'm not joking. I have only ever seen that part once, and it is so burned, and it was so horrifying to watch. It is easily the number one on-screen death that has disturbed me. It's still, I, I still think about it, and I just like we just literally, I just talked about that. I want to leave the room last night. just thinking about it. Like, and that movie, I watched it on on video. It must have been '99, probably. I remember my dad was watching it, so I was like 14. And I was like old enough to not necessarily be so freaked out, but it's done so effectively, and I'd never seen anything like that before. It's st- stuck with me so hard. I still, I've never watched it since. It disturbed me so much. And if I watch it again, it might not be so bad, but I have a feeling it will be. Just we should watch it live on the podcast one time. With I've never seen it before. It's hard to watch. That scene is seriously. It feels real. That's the thing. It feels very, very, very real. And all you want to do is just bash in the head of Jeremy Davies. That movie is so effective that to date, everything I've seen Jeremy Davies in, I always am like. <laughs> you didn't you even like him on Lost coward. when I used to watch Lost every week. You didn't he was like him. really good on Lost. That was the one thing that he finally kind of won me over on. But even then, I remember you were like, God, he just still like. He can't, can't escape that for me. That character is so loathsome. E- even when he redeems himself at the end, he doesn't. I'm like, no, he should still be excommunicated for <laughs> letting all of his friends die. All right. Well, on that note, I think we can wrap it up. Oh, God, that's... <laughs> um, the willies just thinking about it. Twitter accounts can be found on the show notes. Uh, music and art was brought to us by my brother, at Mr. John, on Twitter. Um, questions, questions, comments, and feedback can be sent to... Or food for thought questions can be sent to feedback at midwestfilmers.com. That's you, Tim, because you don't live here anymore, so you should send us feedback. Yeah, I think somebody should actually suggest some food for thoughts. Even if they suck and we don't use them, it'd be nice to get some. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the the ones Willie comes up with are usually pretty sweet, yeah. but uh, maybe if we posted in advance what movie we're going to be doing that week, maybe people could start to think of some. Maybe a yeah, person that's true. named Tim can start to well, think of some. Well, we can say right now that next week uh, we'll be reviewing Cloud Atlas by... Uh, Tom Which will most assuredly be divided. <laughs> I have a feeling. We'll see. I, I don't know. know. I I I won't speak of it no more until we review. Yeah, it. I mean, yep. my the, feelings are pretty complex. It's a total toss-up at this point. Yeah, your feelings are complex, and you haven't even seen the movie yet. That's right. How like ridiculous it'll probably be. My but. hopes are complex. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, that's about it. So uh, go watch a movie that's not Paranormal Activity for. Kyle X Y. Bye. Yeah, Kyle X1. Couldn't make it. Bye. Bye.